This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 29 of the UU Perspective podcast, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you are UU or a seeker exploring Unitarian Universalism, there is something here for everyone. So whether you're sitting, walking, jogging, or driving, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. So how many of you know what Opus is? That is an annual five-day spiritual retreat and summer camp experience for Unitarian Universe. So how many know what Opus is? It's an annual five-day spiritual retreat and summer camp experience for Unitarian Universalist young adults ages 18 through 35. And it's held in one location for a year or two. And the past couple years, it's been here in Ohio, right near me, not too far away. And what they usually offer there are workshops and social justice-oriented activities, as well as worship and touch groups. And so it's just a a fun five-day experience for the young adults. And so I was able to join them for a few hours and interview about five or six different people and get to know what they're up to, kind of where they came from, how they've, what they've done around UUism, uh, what activists activities have they been in, and really got to experience and learn about what the young adult also are looking for inside of the UU community. So, I find it interesting, I've been reading a few articles lately, and hearing about what is the church going to be looking like in the future. And Peter Morales spoke to this in episode 25, and you hear any, everything from, you know, they, they don't want to be involved in a church, you know, or you've got the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, or they want community. I mean, it's, a, it's just a spectrum of different thoughts and ideas that everybody's putting out there. And I found it interesting that these young adults, I, I really got that community is important and feeling included in a congregation and inside worship, that that's important to them. So I hope that as you listen that it inspires you to to be more inclusive and have them join in inside of your worship, inside of whether you're it's your board, any activities. It's it's all about well, just ask them, just ask. They can always say no, but let's not leave them out because they're they're what's the future of UUism. So. Just wanted to share that with you. But anyway, so the the two people for this episode that you're going to hear are Elizabeth Mount and Silas Dreamer. And I asked them questions about what kind of activist 
uh, interests they have and what they've been involved in. So I think you're going to enjoy these two. And so let's get to it. And here first is Elizabeth, and then you'll hear from Silas. I'm Elizabeth Mount. Okay. And where are you from? I'm from Denver, Colorado, born and raised. My brother's out there right now in that area, so. Nice. Cool. And what church do you go to? I'm at the First Unitarian Society of Denver. It's right downtown. Okay, wonderful. And are you a lifelong UU? I am. I've been attending that same church since I was in second grade. Wow. Um, Yeah, with, (laughs) with, you know, like temporary disappearances to oh, sure. Florida and Guatemala and <laughs> yeah, right. other places, yeah. <laughs> Asheville. Oh. And tell me a little bit about the important, like the different involvements you have inside of Unitarian Universalism that really are meaningful to you. Yeah. Um, so within Unitarian Universalism, I'm currently a seminarian. I'm studying at Meadville Lombard Nice um, for parish ministry. Mm-hmm. And I also work with the UU Young Adults for Climate Justice and do environmental activism. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the Journey Toward Wholeness Transformation Committee, which works with the UUA as a whole Mm -hmm. on our inclusion and action around primarily racism, but also other forms of oppression, including disability and ability justice Mm -hmm. and inclusion of GLBT folks, of people around issues of class and we're really expanding that mission to try and be inclusive of the many identities we hold. Okay, great. And tell me about your involvement inside of climate justice. Um, Specifically with climate justice, as I said, I work with UUYACJ, which is formerly a part of UU Ministry for the Earth, um, but is specifically for young adults who are active in climate justice movements. And I work with Mountain Justice, which is an Appalachian group that's working to end mountaintop removal coal mining. And more recently with Earth First and the Climbers Guild and with Greenpeace, um, with whom I recently did the Shell No action in Portland. Okay, and tell us, can you say a little bit about that and what uh, was involved? Right, yeah, so The Shell No Action in Portland was a group, 13 climbers and anchor supports and liaisons um, who traveled with Greenpeace um, and worked with Rising Tide and the kayaktivists and people from the Cascadia area to stop the departure of a ship called the Fenica, which is part of the Shell fleet that intends to drill in the Arctic. Oh. The Fenica is not an oil tanker, but it's a ship that carries what's called a drill cap, mm-hmm. which by law must be within 24 hours deployment of any drilling operation. So without that ship up in the Arctic, all drilling is halted. Mm. So keeping that ship from moving toward the Arctic fleet delays or may may even stop drilling for this year it allows time for other solutions to be found okay and and obviously the intention is that we need to find other ways to get energy and other ways to move forward 
mm-hmm. as a society because drilling in the Arctic has a 75% chance of an oil spill Oof. during drilling operations. Wow. Uh, by, their, by their own environmental estimates and projections. And more importantly, according to climate forecasts, 0% of the oil in the Arctic can be drilled while still avoiding climate catastrophe, a catastrophic level of global warming and climate change mm-hmm. for human survival. Okay. So, <laughs> so I look at that wow. and, and weight it with the possibility of, of jail time and, and the time needed to do the action, and mm-hmm. it, it's worth it. Yeah. I believe in humans. I like people. I think we have great capacity as a society, and I'd like us to be able to move forward and survive to do that. So has the ship been stopped, or what? The ship was stopped for over 40 hours while we were doing the action. Um, They had had to return to dock because of a gash in the hull. And Shell's estimates are that they may be able to drill one well to estimate the oil reserves this Mm -hmm. year. That won't be enough. Mm -hmm. It means that we won't know what oil reserves are up there, and we won't have Shell making any major decisions on drilling until at least next year, which Mm -hmm. is a big victory. Mm. And then... So that's, that's the direct action victory. The larger thing is that in multiple countries, we've started conversations around safety, extractive industries, the conversation on climate change, and going into the Paris Conference on Global Warming and Climate Change will be in a position where that conversation has already started in many countries around okay. the world in a much more urgent and active way. Mm-hmm. Well, so tell me about what it, cause you were there stopping the ship, right? Yeah. So take us through like what it was like to be there. Yeah. Um, as a climber, it's amazing. Um, so we got on the bridge around 1.30 or two in the morning Um, set up anchors, which are the points where your ropes are connecting into the bridge itself. And around 2 a.m., I actually stepped off the side of the bridge um, and became a suspended climber um, on the rope. And that's, that's really the moment where you go... I'm really doing this. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> at this moment, I have made a choice that I am standing for what I believe in and that that is, that is purely and completely what is driving yeah. me. Because otherwise, people don't jump off of bridges, usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some pretty strong drives when you do that. But I will just say, getting down on the ropes and then being there for over 30 hours. You were um, on the rope for 30 hours? Just about 35 to 38 oh actually on rope, yeah. 
Um, like are you harnessed in or what? We have harnesses um, and we have a, a rope attached hammock so that we can distribute body weight. Oh, okay. And, All right. And like move around a little bit. We're not yeah. just hanging by our waists <laughs> oh, good. for the entire time. Exactly. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so oh I was, gosh. I was saying spiritually, it's kind of an enforced extreme Zen retreat because you're 80 feet away from the nearest person wow. and you're up in the air and aware of every breeze and the mountains to either side and the river below you and the sky above. Oh. And there are birds flying below you, flocks of geese, wow. in a perspective that you never get to see. You don't yes. see geese from <laughs> above when they're flying, usually. Um, and a dragonfly came and sat on my hammock with me, this oh. like massive beautiful crystal winged cool. creature that wow. was just with me uh-huh. and and like getting down there and the kayaks and the lights in the water mm-hmm. from that that first morning um, and knowing that every one of those twinkling lights below was like this reflection of the heavens and the stars above and was also a human being that was in solidarity and in community with us Uh was so connective and beautiful and like that is the essence of what brings me to spirituality and to uuism and to worship and it was all there and I was Amazing. just like, yes, this is what being a Unitarian Universalist is about. Mm-hmm. This is why we do justice work, not because we want to be like the fairness police of the world, but because we are deeply and spiritually connected yeah. and related to all things. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> now, where was this bridge at? It's the St. John's Bridge. So it's on the Willamette River, um, which runs out of Portland to the coast um, and connects, obviously, to the Pacific. So interesting. Oh, my gosh. So hanging from the bridge stops the ship from coming through. Is that the idea? Yeah. So the 13 of us connected by tag lines, which are are light static ropes that hang between climbers, Mm -hmm. created essentially a, a barrier and with climbers spaced closely enough that they're that the ship couldn't run between any two of us. Okay. Um, so until three climbers were were brought down out of the channel, there wasn't a space for the Fenica to go through. And how did you get to be, did you choose to be a climber? Did you have any experience? I mean, I'm just not anybody yeah. can just hang from um, the bridge, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't just like toss people off of bridges with ropes and expect them to, <laughs> to do here. that. Um, so Greenpeace does their own climb trainings because they use specific industrial gear. Oh. Um, so I've I attended a Greenpeace camp a couple of years ago, and I've done some training with that gear. Mm-hmm. I also have climbed on on prussics, which are which is a different model of gear that's rope based, 
mm-hmm. with both Mountain Justice and the Earth First Climbers Guild. And I do some assistance with training now for those oh, wow. who have experience. Cool. Um, so yeah, I like climbing. I do it. Cool. I do it a fair bit these yeah. days. Um, any any in the future in the soon future? Too, was, you doing? I don't have any concrete plans. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna rule it out. <laughs> yeah, right. But right now, I'm really enjoying having my feet on the ground. <laughs> exactly. Well, one question that I like to ask everybody, and it is, how is Unitarian Universalism uniquely positioned as a religious denomination to serve and impact society? I think some of, some of that is what I just explained, mm-hmm. but I feel like for me, the value, the reason I stay with Unitarian Universalism is that we are a denomination that is uniquely cognizant of the idea that we have a responsibility to make this world a better place right now for people who are not of our denomination. Mm. And I don't always see that from all denominations Um, I do think there's potential and I think we're partnering with a lot of other groups who are becoming um, more willing to do a lot of interfaith work because we're seeing global problems that can only be solved in global ways. Mm -hmm. But I think especially UUism, like there were four raised Unitarian Universalists out of less than 40 people involved directly on that bridge on the protest wow. and we are not a denomination that is 10% of the general population right so what I see there is religious education that mm-hmm. teaches our children that we have a responsibility as people of faith mm-hmm. to belong to the world and to be responsible for it yeah. and I I'm not seeing that to that extent. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, I think we are a vast hope for society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that kind of once you're done with seminary, is that what maybe you'll uh, kind of focus on? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, in a world not limited by actual <laughs> availability of jobs, um, my dream would be to be an assistant minister for a larger congregation um, to work on justice work and also Mm -hmm. lifespan, religious education, faith development, um, and worship. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we have to take care of whole humans, and that means engaging our spirit, our emotions, and being responsible for the world that cares for our physical selves Mm -hmm. as well. All right, very good. Now, Silas, you've been involved in some activist things. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's ranged all over over the years, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, Initially, when I was first kind of like diving into like um, very active activism, because there's kind of like subtle activism, um, it was mostly environmental and kind of against uh, highways that often 
they put right through untouched land and then when it gets to cities it's usually through like the poorest neighborhoods oh, so okay. kind of on like a, an environmental and on a social level we we're kind of like ah, oh, this isn't that great mm-hmm. but then um as years went by i started working on other campaigns and so like i worked down with no more deaths which is an organization down in arizona mm-hmm. and then um now i'm kind of a bit more involved with uh, mental health and substance abuse recovery. That's actually where I work. Okay. And uh, kind of activism behind that because oftentimes people with uh, mental disabilities, mental health issues are kind of thrown to the wayside. Um, mm, yeah. And also they're like, you know, overlapping, like 90% of the population that comes through my job uh, are homeless. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously there's like homeless rights involved with that too. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm working on now. Okay. And how do you support that? What do you do personally? Do you do things outside of your job too to help yeah. support that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, so, okay, here's a great example. So, uh, mental health is something that I think mainstream society is getting like better and better at talking about, but it's still something that kind of, especially in activist circles, isn't talked about too, like, too often. Mm-hmm. And so, oftentimes what will happen, and this is like almost notorious with activism, is that people will burn out. Uh, which of course isn't good for the movement, it's not good for them, and it's not good on a mental health level. Mm-hmm. So I helped kind of put together, it's not like an official organization, but just kind of more of like this rough idea of, uh, I think we're just calling it mad pride, which is kind of the idea that like like accepting the fact that like some of us are going to have more severe mental issues, and those of us who don't have severe mental issues probably have other things that are going on, mm-hmm. and how that plays into activism, and how like taking better care of ourselves, and self-care, and... Uh, also, just like a bit of like removing the stigma behind mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay, and being involved as an activist, what personally? How does that fuel you? What does that mean for you? I mean, what position does it fit inside of your life, and ah. why do you do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually it's funny that you mentioned that because. For me, I know for everybody's own belief in Unitarian Universalism is entirely unique and different, but for me, I would say uh, activism or any sort of action is uh, like one of the three pillars of the religion for me personally. That like, you know, some, uh, so like Seventh-day Adventists, you know, adhere from eating meat, like that's very much part of their religion and I feel like activism is like very much me practicing my religion. So it's kind of a proactive stance of like changing the world for the better. Oh, cool. Um, so that's kind of its personal uh, charge behind why I'm mostly mm-hmm. involved in activism. Okay. If you had all the money and resources in the world, what one activist thing would you be involved in? Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, again, so, uh, you know, not, not opinions, but more of uh, people change and move. So I think, like, had you asked me this, like, five years ago, I would have said um, everything to do with climate change mm-hmm. um, and everything with that. And it's not that I, I don't obviously value that. You know, I still very much care about that. But mm-hmm. uh, because of my current state and, like, like for my own personal life and just, like, things I do at my job, it's kind of, I would say, like, I'm basically throwing a lot of funding towards... Uh, homeless rights or dealing with mental health and substance abuse mm-hmm. because we can talk about as a society how we're like growing and becoming better people are you know very proud very happy that we have uh, marriage equality but the fact of the matter is there's still people who are sleeping on the streets and oftentimes it's it's not like often almost nearly all the time it's not like on choice like people are there because of either substance abuse problems or mental health issues mm-hmm. um, that are being just unaddressed by society mm-hmm. okay now are you a lifelong you you or? No, no. I uh, 
became, well, I got involved with Unitarian Universalism when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of a minor note, and then the more cons I went to as I became a young adult, uh, eventually it just kind of sunk in that, like, this is an identity that I want to have, and this is very much a part of who I am. Ah. Actually, literally, just last week, got a tattoo that's a Unitarian one, so, yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah. Oh, wow. And, um, what church do you go to? I go to People's Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. All right, very good. So, a question that I like to ask everybody, and it's, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? Wow, that is, that is a huge question. Um, so for me, I know for some people, like very much religion is about um, kind of the belief. It's kind of the meta, the spiritual, things that um, aren't tangible. But I think for me, uh, this religion and religion in general is more of uh, a cultural community level that I know on Sundays I have somewhere where I can go and chat with people who have common interests as I do. And so because of that, um, I think it's actually, it puts Unitarian Universalism at kind of one of the forefronts kind of of like bringing about change um, and kind of yeah. just like putting us where we are because, mm -hmm. I mean, often, you know, like a lot of churches can and will do that, but I think there's a lot of people who are non-religious, like they don't have a belief and thus they're kind of removed from that demographic mm -hmm. and so like having Unitarian Universalism there is a window and a gateway for them to kind of be more involved with all of that. Yeah, yeah, perfect. All right, great. Yeah. Thanks, Silas. That was wonderful. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks so much for listening to the UU Perspective podcast. And you can catch any of the show notes at our website, uuperspective.com. Feel free to leave a message on SpeakPipe. Tell me what's your favorite episode. Or tell me about what activist activity you've been involved in and the difference it's made. Uh, even if you want to be interviewed about it, I'll be happy to do that. Let me know. Put a shout out to me. You can also email me at questions at uuperspective.com. And I just want to take a moment to thank some of our listeners out there. Let me give a shout out to Reverend Melanie and the First UU Church of New Orleans and also the UU Fellowship of Hendersonville and the Italian UUs. Also Spirit of Life UU and Reverend Wendy Bell. Thanks so much for listening and sharing on Twitter. So we're reaching out to over 35 countries now. We keep adding on and I think that's just wonderful. And Please feel free to spread the word, download, subscribe on iTunes, and let, let your friends know. And also, if you have anybody that you'd like to have interviewed, please let me know. Again, that's at questions at uuperspective.com. And if you want to be interviewed, let me know. So please contact me. All right. Well, until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.